0: Welcome to Wednesday night service. Glad you could join us. All of you joining us online. Um, Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for this word, God. I thank you for um, this season that we're in, God, that we are here for such a time as this, Lord. Father, I pray tonight that we have ears to hear and eyes to see the word that you have for us, Lord, Reveal it to us, God. Let your word go down deep into us, God. Do your work in us, Father, for your kingdom to bring forth fruit for you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So for those of you that are joining us, we are continuing in the book of Acts. Um, if you have not listened to the last Wednesday nights, I would tell you, please go and listen to that. Pastor Jay preached last Wednesday and the Wednesday before that was Ethan. Um, and, and it's going to keep you online with where we're at and where we're going. These are very timely words for this time. This was not by accident that God gave us this word at this time. So we're going to continue in Acts chapter 27. I'm going to read verses 39 through 44. It says, And when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they observed a bay with a beach onto which they planned to run the ship, if possible. And they let go the anchors and left them in the sea. Meanwhile, loosing the rudder ropes, and they hoisted the mainsail to the wind and made for shore. But to the wind, oh, but striking a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the prow stuck fast and remained immovable. But the stern was being broken up by the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion wanting to save Paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land and the rest, some on boards and some on parts of the ship. And so it was that they all escaped safely to land. So we're on the heels of Paul uh, being a prisoner in a ship um, headed to Rome. He's in a horrible storm and so we see now that the Lord had spoke to him. That was Ethan's message. And the Lord said, uh, do not be afraid, Paul. You must go before Rome. And so Paul then says, I'm going to believe God's word. I'm going to believe what God tells me is going to happen. And so he then now is telling the prisoners, uh, don't get out of the boat. If you stay in the boat, no harm's going to come to you. And we see here that they all escape safely to land. Now, what's interesting is, um, as I have been studying this uh, chapter 27, there's been lots of portions of this scripture, and um, all the commentators just agree that the length of this narrative really seems out of proportion to its value. So... uh, what does that mean? And Luke here, right? You know, Luke wrote the book of Acts and uh, and it said he was really well known for really documenting things. And so there's that documentation of him really wanted to get the story right. And this is what we went through. But, you know, there's really a bigger picture from it. And there's lessons that we can learn from these things. And the first thing that we can learn from this uh, chapter 27 is that it illustrates the providence of God in bringing Paul safely to Rome, circumstances seemed to make this impossible. If you remember back in Acts 23:11, it says, but the following night, the Lord stood by him, by Paul, and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. And so as we're reading in Acts, Paul had expressed his intention to head straight to Rome from Jerusalem, yet he was arrested in Jerusalem, he was subjected to endless trials, he was imprisoned in Caesarea, he was threatened with assassination, he nearly drowned in the Mediterranean, he was nearly killed by soldiers, and he was bitten by a snake, as we shall soon see in the next chapter. And so we see here that each incident seemed to be designed to keep him from his God-planned destination. Since Luke concentrates on the storm here, and you have to remember in the Old Testament that the uh that the sea in the Old Testament represents evil powers and opposition to God. That's very it's it's a theme kind of throughout the Old Testament. And so it wasn't the forces of nature, the water, wind, or the snake. And it was not the schemes and plans of man which were arrayed against Paul. But it was the demonic forces at work through them. And scripture is full of examples of the devil seeking to thwart God's saving purpose through his people and Christ. If you remember, the enemy tried through Pharaoh to drown baby Moses. Through Haman to annihilate the Jews, this is in the book of Esther. Through Herod the Great to destroy the infant Jesus in Bethlehem. And through the Sanhedrin to stifle the apostolic witness and smother the church at its birth. And so now we see the storm and the sea attempting to stop Paul from bringing his gospel to Rome. But Jesus said, Paul, you must stand trial before Caesar. But we see here God obstructing the enemy's plan and kept the enemy from his purpose. Luke lets us in on the excitement of his story by letting us into his secret, mainly that Paul in advance would reach Rome. So then we know from the beginning that he will get there. But as the narrative proceeds and the storm becomes more violent until all hope is lost, we wonder how on earth will he be rescued? Will he make it? (laughs) Yes. Yes, he will make it for God said he would and that no weapon of the enemy would or could stop Paul. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Tonight's sermon is titled, No Weapon Formed. And the Lord told Isaiah here, he says, this is a heritage of the servants of God that no weapon formed against us would prosper. So what does this mean? Well, first of all, it means that security and final victory are the heritage of every faithful servant of the Lord. Security and final victory Are our heritage of every faithful servant of the Lord. And the righteousness by which we are justified and the grace by which we are sanctified are the gift of God and effect of his special love. Folks, there will be weapons formed. Scripture declares it. We see here the weapons formed. In the ocean, in those wanting to kill Paul, we see in the snake, we see these things. There will be weapons formed. Herod, right? I just read to you the list. There's a list as you go through the Old Testament of uh, 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 affliction and obstruction coming against the man and woman of God on their mission. And we have a common enemy that seeks to devour us. The enemy seeks to deceive you. He, he lies and he twists God's word. And the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we are not immune to his tactics. If you look at the life of Job, um, everything gone in a day. In one day, everything was gone by the hand of the enemy. Everything. See, the enemy can destroy everything you own. He can kill every person you love. He can slander your good name. He can lie about you. But here's what he can't do. He cannot touch your faith in God. The enemy's weapons cannot steal your salvation. They cannot rob you of your joy and peace. And a weapon formed only has as much power as you allow it in your life. It cannot stop me from obeying God's word. It can't stop me from reading and studying the word of God. The weapon has no power over my prayers. For at any time I can drop to my knees and I can bow down before his throne. Satan has no power over God's ability to hear my prayers. the enemy cannot steal the spirit of God that lives inside me. For we are secure in his hands and we can trust him with our heart. We have the mind of Christ. We can put on the mind of Christ. We have access to his wisdom and his strength. And we are his righteousness and we walk in white. These are things the enemy cannot steal. And as long as I live here on this earth and there is breath in my lungs, the enemy cannot stop me from preaching the word of God. God. He might throw everything at you as he did Paul, but he cannot stop you from preaching the word of God. The enemy's weapon cannot take my final victory over death. For one day I will be raised with him in immortality and I will declare, Oh, death, where is your sting? God has a plan individually and collectively as a church to prevail over the enemy and this world. You have to stay on the boat. If you remember back when Pastor Jay preached last weekend, in verse thirty-one, Paul said to the centurion and soldiers, "Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. You have to stay on the ship." Now, I, I, I don't believe in predestination as Calvin taught. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get into a little bit of doctrine here. I, I don't believe in Calvinism in that sense, as Calvin taught of predestination, but I do believe that there is a church, a collective group of believers that have been predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. In Romans eight twenty nine and 30, it says, "...for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren." Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now this word for new here, it says for knowledge. What this means is that God purposed from eternity to love and redeem the human race through Christ. So then the recipient of God's foreknowledge or forelove, these, these are interchangeable, is stated in the plural. So it says, for whom he foreknew. This is a plural word referring to the church. God's foreknowledge then is primarily for the corporate body of Christ and individuals as they identify with the corporate body through abiding faith and in union with Christ. This then is referred to as election. And so we see then that God's choosing of a man for a particular mission, right? He chose Paul for this mission. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. And he was chosen for a particular mission. But salvation is always in relation to a people. The corporate body will attain to glorification. This is God's plan. And it cannot be thwarted. The church is an ark. It's a ship that is destined for heaven, and Jesus is our captain. You cannot stop God's plan for the ship. God will bring her safely to her destination, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship, but you can choose to stay on until the end, or you can jump off and suffer the consequences. And as with all things of God the promises of God are conditioned upon our obedience to his will. And he says, "Stay on the boat and you will be saved." Matthew 24:13 it says, "But he who endures to the end shall be saved." this then is god's purpose for us that cannot be thwarted that no enemy can stop is that he has purpose for us in christ to reach our destination we have been predestined to be justified Glorified, conformed to Christ, blameless, adopted, redeemed, recipient of an inheritance, the praise of his glory. We are recipients of the Holy Spirit. We are created to do good works. And no weapon can stand against God's purpose. This virus going around cannot stop your justification. It cannot stop your glorification. It cannot stop you being conformed to Christ. It cannot stop you from being blameless in his sight. It cannot stop you from being adopted and redeemed and recipients of an inheritance. It cannot stop you from being the praise of his glory. It cannot stop you from being a recipient of the Holy Spirit. It cannot stop you from doing good works cannot stop you from preaching the word of God. For if God said it, he will perform it. Now, the second thing this chapter shows us is Paul's witness was enriched by this. Now, we've been in the last five years of Paul's life. And, and so for the last five years, Paul was primarily inactive as a missionary, for he spent two years in necessary in prison. He was two years under house arrest in Rome. He was six months between voyaging. Were these wasted years? No. His prison letters and the three main ones to the Ephesian, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians. Folks, these are prison letters that he wrote from prison. And they breathe an air of joy, of peace, of patience, and contentment. Because he believed in the sovereignty of God. And as a result, he left an even richer spiritual legacy which Paul neither knew or understood at the time. But we do. We have access to his letters. And it was through his confinement. That his eyes were opened. To see the victory of Christ. And the fullness of life. Power and freedom. And now. His witness to all those traveling with him. On this wrecked, wrecked ship. <laughs> and we see that. Wrecked ship. Sorry guys. And we, we see this. That Paul here. Is a witness To everybody on this ship. And your life is a witness. Every day, how you live, how you act, how you speak, you're giving witness to the nature that you have given yourself over to either to the nature of the flesh, which yields corruption, or the nature of the spirit. Our lives are a witness. What are you witnessing to others during this time? Um, My daughter and I have been going on long bike rides and walks and stuff. And so we were on a a bike ride the other day. And uh, we we, we have great talks on these bike rides. And she asked me a question. She says, Mom, how do you always stay so positive? And it kind of took me by surprise because I'm, I'm not even trying to be positive I'm just living my life. I was just living my life. And the first thing was, I actually kind of teared up and I said, and, and, and I thought to myself and I'm, I'm so thankful that this is what I have been displaying to my 17 year old daughter is that I'm positive positive through, through affliction, she's seen me through, uh, surgeries and, and through, I mean, just, just life. She's watched me walk through things and she had the, uh, you know, just looking at me, this is what I displayed to her. And so it opened up the conversation for me to be able to talk to her about, you know, uh what what are what are you dwelling on and, and what are we thinking about all the time and and how to uh take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, and how to be careful with our words and how we say things, what are we meditating on? What what and you know, I say this garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you're putting in is gonna come out of you and i talked about the importance of putting the god's god's word in us so that that is what comes out of us so that she sees my faith in an unshakable savior during a time that the world is being shaken i'm so thankful that i was displaying that to my children in Isaiah 54, 11 through 13, it says, Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. And so here we see the Lord is comforting his people who are experiencing affliction and adversity. When we are weighed down by the trials and shaken by the tempests of life circumstances, we will find out what we are made of and our witness will be laid bare before others. It's times like these that expose what's going on inside of you. Expose where your trust is. Expose where your anchor is. Expose where your faith is. One of my favorite scriptures that I've clung on to is Proverbs 24:10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. You have to examine yourself and ask, who am I trusting in? Paul was in a shipwreck. It was falling, the ship was falling apart. It was literally falling apart. And he said, you know, we're going to be okay. We're going to get there. I got to go. I got to go before Rome. I got to go before Caesar. We're going to get there. Who are you trusting in? One cannot be deemed an overcomer unless there's some adversity to overcome. You cannot be a conqueror unless there's something we are meant to conquer. And triumphant is a meaningless word unless you are facing a setback. And the Bible overwhelmingly says that we are overcomers, that we are more than conquerors. But you have to have something to conquer to be considered a conqueror. What is your life witnessing to those inside and outside your home? And where is your strength found? Where is your strength found? If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. And we're not supposed to rely on our own strength. We're supposed to be drawing strength from God. So if I'm fainting, I'm not drawing strength from the Lord. I'm drawing strength from myself. The Lord gives strength to his people. Are you about to faint? Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Are you feeling weak? He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Do you feel abandoned and forsaken? 2 Timothy 4, 16-18 At my defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. This is Paul saying here, may not be charged to them, but the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all Gentiles might hear also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Are you going through affliction of sickness? Psalm 41, three: The Lord will sustain, refresh, and strengthen him on his bed of languishing. This is a bed of affliction. Bed of... Um, it has to do with sickness. In all his bed, you will turn, change, and transform in his illness. Are you afflicted by fear? In and through all things, the Lord is the strength of my life. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The answer is no one. Where are you going to for your strength? Are you relying on your own strength? And you may be okay for a time, but eventually you're going to falter. But God's strength never fails. We are to rely on his strength in a time of weakness. Draw from his strength. And the third thing we get from this chapter is that Paul's ministry was authenticated by his sufferings. See, nothing proves the sincerity of our beliefs like our willingness to suffer for them. Yep. <laughs> Not saying he suffered and so is authentic just because he suffered. No, he was willing to suffer for his beliefs. So Paul had to suffer, and he had to be seen to suffer for the gospel that he was preaching. We see in the life of the prophet Isaiah that the servant who brings light to the nations must suffer. All of God's people throughout the whole Bible Anytime they were bringing a message to people, they suffered for that message. So then we see that the vocations to serve and to suffer are intertwined. The witness and the martyr are one. And the seed which multiplies is the seed which must die first. First Corinthians 15, 36. Paul says, Foolish one, What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And scripture declares it time and time again that the call of the Christian is to suffer with Christ. With Christ. Not to suffer for doing evil. Not to suffer for being a busybody. Not to suffer for being a gossip. But to suffer with Christ. We must die to ourselves. You must die to yourself. You must die to your ways, die to your idols, die to your selfishness. And this is what is killing Christianity: is our selfishness. Where do we pick up the idea that our life would be a constant upward trajectory in all things? Where do we get the idea that if we serve God, we would never have to struggle or face resistance? Or that our life would be a nonstop ride to success and abundance. Well, I tell you what, we picked it up from TBN. It's not so in scripture. There are seasons of gain and there are seasons of loss. And Paul said in Philippians, I know how to both be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is not a basketball verse that, you know, you're going to be on a winning team. This was Paul from prison saying, I can do all things. I can go through anything. I can be hungry and I I can go through it. I can suffer need, and I'm going to be fine. I can be abased, and God will see me through. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in this life, you will face obstacles. But will you be content in the midst of the challenge? Have you purposed to overcome all setbacks and trials in his strength? Have you purposed in your mind to overcome all setbacks and trials in his strength? It first begins in your mind. Will you be faithful in adversity? And will you be used by God to demonstrate his strength to others? Or will you allow disappointment and discouragement to discomfort you? These are valid questions during this time. What will you allow in you? See, no weapon formed will prosper unless you allow it to. If you allow the weapon to discourage you, you have allowed that in your life. It doesn't have to. We can overcome all setbacks. We can overcome all trials, and we can be faithful and adversity by the strength of God. Please close Well, please close your eyes. Don't close. <laughs> please close your eyes. We're going to take a moment to pray. Apply this message to your life. If the Lord spoke something to you, let that minister to you. Let his word pierce your heart. Let it minister to you. Are you being a good witness? Are you allowing those weapons of adversity to discourage you, to get you down? What are you speaking during this time? What are you showing to your family? What Whose strength are you displaying in your life? And if you're watching at this time, And you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Now is the perfect time. He's here. He's waiting. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The Holy Spirit is in the process of drawing men to him right now. All you have to do is turn from your ways and turn towards him. Tell him you cannot do it on your own. It's a life. It's a surrendered life that says, Lord, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I need a savior. I need a Lord to see me through. Just repent of your sins and turn towards him and start walking that way. Start reading your Bible. Start praying with people. Find other Christians to be around that will minister the word of God to you. Get involved with them. And they will help you through this. Father God, I thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you for this time that we could come together. God, apply this to our lives, Father God. Lord, encourage everyone here tonight, God, everyone that hears this, Lord, that they're going to make it. No weapon formed. They will get to their destination safely, God. Encourage them with that, Father. Let us... In, let us be the people that you need us to be during this time father let us rise up in faith rise up in courage in the mighty name of jesus amen thank you for tuning in tune in uh sunday morning 10 o'clock easter for easter it'll be easter Yes, Easter for Easter, Easter services, people, 10 a.m., be there, don't forget, wear your bonnets in your house, May your Easter bonnet, yeah, oh yeah, we have a, so we're going to have a message on Good Friday at 7 o'clock, you want to tune in for that, a message for Easter morning, 10 a.m., and Wednesdays at 7, see you then. Love you guys. Thank you for watching the Faith and Victory live stream. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check us out online at faithandvictory.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and we'd love to connect with you there. If you'd like to financially support Faith and Victory Church's ministry, please text FAVC to 77977. God bless you and keep you. From the FVC live team.